Forgiving when there is not repentance on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am so delighted to introduce you to one of my friends, Dr. George Sanders. George is a plastic surgeon who practices in Los Angeles. He was born and raised in Southeast Texas. George graduated from Rice University down in Houston. He attended Harvard Medical School and then completed his general surgery training at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. His plastic surgery residency was done at UCLA, and since that time, he has been in private practice in L.A. While in Boston, uh, that was an important point of your life, Dr. Sanders, where you met Anna, your wife, doing a dietetic internship. And after their marriage, they moved to L.A., where they have enjoyed 43 years of marital bliss. It's so much fun, honestly, to watch you two together. I, I love the relationship that you guys have. Both have been ACBC certified for a number of years, and they counsel together, which is a joy as well. In their spare time, George and Anna love to serve in the ministry together, as well as travel, entertain, and just hang out. They have two adult children who are both believers, both married, and they have two grandsons, which we get to hear about a lot, and I enjoy that. George also serves on the board of directors at the Master's University and seminary, longtime members at Grace Community Church in California. Dr. Sanders, it's a thrill to finally get you on the podcast and let our listeners hear a little bit from you. So thank you for being with me. Now, as we start this, we're going to talk about the issue of forgiveness. And here's what I love about this. I want to preface it this way. I mentioned in the bio that you are a surgeon. And the beauty of what we talk about in biblical counseling is that you can be brilliant in some area of surgery and it doesn't mean that you have to, your ministry is only dealing with medical issues. That the Bible commands us as believers to encourage one another with the scriptures. And the scriptures, by the power of the Spirit, enables us and empowers us to do this type of work. And I can't wait for our discussion today to demonstrate the beauty of God's word at work in our life and empowerment for ministry and that sort of thing. So I want to start out, we talked about this issue of case wisdom, okay, in forgiveness. And as we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is sometimes hard to navigate. It's difficult. Sometimes it gets complex with conflict and difficulties. Now I want to start with this question. Does our sense of justice when we've been offended or whatever, does our sense of justice need to be satisfied before we forgive someone? Great question, Dale. Certainly if you look at God's forgiveness, there are really two types. There is the judicial forgiveness, which is what we enjoy as believers because of the atoning work of Christ on the cross. That type of forgiveness, judicial forgiveness, is accompanied by punishment. But on the other hand, once you are a saved believer, there is parental forgiveness. We continue to sin. And although judicial forgiveness is a one-time event, we need continual cleansing from defilement. And this is where parental forgiveness comes in. God is the offended parent, and we ask his forgiveness. Uh, and if we uh, confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So. That's the sort of thing that we practice on a daily basis. And that's when the scripture speaks of praying for forgiveness of our sins. That's what we're talking about. That type of forgiveness by God is not contingent upon punishment. God may chasten us, but he's not punishing us for our sins. Uh, so certainly God's forgiveness when it comes to parental forgiveness does not require punishment. 
as far as the type of forgiveness that we practice as, as believers, Christ speaks a great deal of this. And his forgiveness, so they ask us to, uh, to practice, is unconditional. It's not contingent upon punishment. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount, he spoke of turning the other cheek if someone were to slap you. If you were persecuted for the sake of righteousness, this was a, a good thing. There did not need to be punishment of the of the offended party of the other party. It spoke of how when we pray, we're to forgive others just as we've been forgiven. Otherwise, we're not going to enjoy forgiveness. And it's interesting uh, where statement is made that we are to forgive from the heart. Peter asked Jesus in Matthew eighteen if he should forgive someone seven times. Jesus tells him seventy times seven. And he tells him that he needs to forgive from the heart. The Hebrew word for heart is the, is the Greek word for mind. It's the concept that we need to put on this forgiveness. We need to make it a determination to forgive someone. A lot like agape love, where we decide to love someone. It doesn't depend upon the person being loved. It just depends on our decision. So, in all, and also Christ, when he was reviled, uh, he did not revile in return, First Peter 2.23. So in all of those cases, Christ is saying, look, you need to forgive. You need to forgive unconditionally. We're to avoid personal retaliation for an offense against us. We're to be willing to suffer wrong for the sake of Christ. We're to forgive others because God has forgiven this. And we need to do this time and time again in obedience to Christ. Yeah, you mentioned that passage from Ephesians, even even Ephesians 4.32, that we're to forgive others in the same way in which God has forgiven us in Christ. And you talk about Christ, unconditional forgiveness. And I, I want us to talk about, this is a sticky wicket for a lot of people. How do we deal with forgiveness and reconciliation? I want to get to reconciliation later, but I want us to talk now about forgiveness. And um, some people argue for conditional versus unconditional. You mentioned that, that Christ definitely gives certain aspects that are unconditional parameters for forgiveness. But is that always the rule? And then I want to take that a little bit further and just say, are we to forgive unconditionally in every single case? Again, excellent question. Christ, for the most part, spoke of unconditional forgiveness. But there were a couple of examples in Scripture. For instance, Luke 17, 1 through 4, where it speaks of someone stumbling a young believer and that it would be better that a millstone be placed around their neck and they'd be thrown into the sea. And then he follows that immediately statement that if someone sins and comes to you and repents, we're to forgive them and we're to do that seven times. So the idea is that in certain cases, there is repentance that's involved. And that specifically would be in the antecedent verses, those two verses just before, in the case of stumbling someone else. So if you are harming someone else, stumbling someone else, Christ is speaking of the need for repentance. And also Matthew 18, of course, church discipline. If someone sins, it speaks of how you're to go to that person. And if they don't, they don't listen to you, you're to bring a witness. And if they don't listen, then at some point they're to be put out of the church. Again, in a case like that, repentance is built into that. So in those specific cases, Christ spoke of that. And if we sort of look at all of scripture and, and sort of put things together, I think there are basically four instances in which repentance is required. First of all, if someone else has been sinned against, you are not in a position to forgive that sin of the person who sinned against them. I mean, scripture speaks of seeking justice for the oppressed, defending the orphan and the widow, 
in a case like that, if another person has been sinned against, we're not in a position to forgive that sin. Also, when ignoring an offense might hurt the sinner, might hurt the offender, confrontation is required. In Galatians 6.1, it speaks of someone who's caught in a trespass, a spiritually mature individual is to restore such one, to go to that person, practice restoration, counseling, if you will. And again, in a case like that, you're looking for restoration, you're looking for repentance on that person's part. So that would be where the offender is harmed. Also, if the church, there's the potential for the church to be damaged. Uh, For instance, the Apostle Paul, speaking of how he had heard that a man was sleeping with his father's wife, he, he admonished the Corinthian church for that and told them that they should put this man out. So if the church is in a position to be harmed by the sin, repentance is required. And finally, I would say that if there is a broken relationship, repentance is required. Uh, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5.23, Christ says that, that if you're presenting your offering at an altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother. Okay, present your, then present your offering. So again, if, if there is a broken relationship, reconciliation and repentance that goes along with that is required. So those four instances would be things that I think we need to keep, keep in mind. And that's really helpful as we, as we think about the parameters that are giving, given in scripture, because as I teach my students in, in seminary class, you know, not everything fleshes out as nice and neatly as it does in theory. Right. And so right. when we, when we get into the messiness of, of real lives, it can be confusing and complex. And, and these are parameters or grids, if you will, that help us to think with biblical wisdom, uh, or we could call it case wisdom, as we're talking about on this particular podcast. Now, as we talk about unconditional and conditional forgiveness, people bat that back and forth in a lot of different ways. And forgiveness is certainly one thing. And now I want to bring up the issue of reconciliation. Sometimes people conflate those two things and they're not one and the same. So I want to, I want you to help us now if we can think through reconciliation. So what are some of the steps that a person needs to take in order to achieve biblical reconciliation? If you're thinking about the word forgive, it's basically in the Greek, it means letting go of an obligation that a person has toward you. On the other hand, reconciliation is about restoration of a broken relationship. The Greek word speaks of a change, uh, a change in the relationship between the two parties from one of enmity to one of peace. So If you have, for instance, the life of Joseph, where his brothers had sold him into slavery in Egypt, and then through a matter of God's uh, providence, he found himself as prime minister, and then his brothers come to him. They don't know who he is, but he knows very well who they are, and they're looking to buy grain because they're starving. And Joseph puts them through reconciliation. He first forces them to face up to what they had done, imprisoning a brother, and then sending the rest back and demanding that Benjamin be brought forth. He forced them to, to face up to what they had done. And they were speaking between themselves, not knowing that he understood every word. And they were facing up to it. And then forsaken, the second F, forsaken. How does he do that? Well, he brings them all together. He seats them at a, at a table in order of age. And of course, they're astonished by that. And then he gives Benjamin five times the portion that had given anyone else. Now, when he was with them years and years and years before, and his father had showed favoritism toward him, what did they do? Well, they threw him in the pit. 
Then they sold him off. In this case, the brother said nothing. So he saw, yes, they generally had not only faced their sin, but they had forsaken it. And in that case, he then completed this with the, with the third F, which would be forgiven, forgiveness, always forgiven. As he said to them, particularly when their father Jacob had died, and they were fearful that he would, that he would do away with them now that their father was no longer there to tell them to, to, to back off. He said, hey, guys, you know, all is forgiven. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, and he's allowed me to save the family. So uh, again, those three F's and that, that is how Joseph managed reconciliation. Yeah. And that's a great narrative, I think, to demonstrate just very practically his faith and belief in, in God and then that being empowering for him to, to, uh, to reconcile, to forgive. Now, it, we, we talk about, as I mentioned in the previous question, forgiveness and reconciliation. And I want you to help us to distinguish between the two. It certainly seems to me, right, that in order to reconcile, forgiveness is absolutely necessary. But, but unfortunately, there are some times where forgiveness can be offered or even granted to some degree, but reconciliation has not happened. And so help us to understand what is the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Well, I'll give you an example in my own personal life. Um, I had a nurse who worked for me and uh, another another doctor's office uh, where another nurse was the head of the OR, essentially uh, hired her away from us. And that nurse who did that had actually worked for me as well. So there she was really doing me dirty, if you will. So my response to that was to forgive her unconditionally. This was a personal offense. It didn't fit into one of those four categories. Well, three categories. So I forgave her, but yet there was still a fractured relationship. And so I, I went to her, I approached her and I told her uh, how I felt about it. And she didn't agree. She said, no, that was just the way business was done. So to this day, we're not reconciled, but forgiveness has occurred. So uh, I think that's our attitude should be one of forgiveness, and we're to seek reconciliation, but that's not always possible. If the two parties can simply not agree on something, and if you're, if you're one of those parties and, you're, and you've examined things from a scriptural perspective and scripture is clearly on your side, then I think you just have to, to let it be. You can treat them uh, as though the sin had not occurred, but on the other hand, relationship has not been repaired and that's what reconciliation is. Mm-hmm. Well, that really helps us I think to to see this in 3D, right? Where we can see the the expressions of forgiveness and reconciliation and I think that's helpful. I mean, as the scripture talks about seek peace as far as it depends on you, you can't force a person to reconcile and to regain that trust, but uh, so that's a helpful distinction, but we we offer forgiveness in that way so that we're not in bondage to bitterness and anger and wrath and so on that can build up if we harbor unforgiveness toward a person. And so, Dr. Sanders, this has been outstanding, very, very helpful in thinking through and really bringing practical reality to how we deal with issues of forgiveness that can get really complex through a very case-wise grid. So, brother, thank you so much for this. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. We've just come off the heels of our October annual conference. And listen, this was an exciting conference with the most people that we've ever seen at an ACBC annual conference, both in person and online. And that brings me to a very important announcement that I want to remind you of, which is the annual conference in 2023. We're going to be in Santa Clarita, California at Grace 
Baptist Church, and I'm looking forward to this time in the Word together. Our annual conference will be focused on the topic of living and active biblical counseling and sufficiency of Scripture. Listen, every generation needs to address the issue of the sufficiency of Scripture over and over and over again. And we're going to do this in very pointed ways with some wonderful speakers that I'm looking forward to. The pre-conference is also an exciting time. Listen, our people love the Bible, and we're going to walk through the book of Philippians. The the pre-conference is entitled, Show Yourself Approved Counseling from Philippians. And we're going to walk through the Word together to talk about practicality in counseling topics that we see in the book of Philippians. This is going to be an exciting time. We're going to be back out on the West Coast. It's the first time that we've physically been able to be back out on the West Coast since 2014. Remember, we were trying to be there in 2020, and then COVID happened, need I say more. But we are looking forward to being back on the West Coast and being at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita for our annual conference 2023, Living and Active Biblical Counseling and the Sufficiency of Scripture. Join us October 2023. Find out more at biblicalcounseling.com. Mm-hmm.